Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers, and we're so thankful for you and uh, thankful for their influence in our lives. Uh, today is a special day for me because uh, I get to kind of tag team preach uh, with my brother. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that we value as a church, one of our core, is that we as a church, the very first core is we exist to glorify God. And uh, one of the ways that we glorify God is that we become or we grow as missionary followers of Christ. Now, growing as missionary followers of Christ involves a whole lot more than uh, just what I do by myself, although that's very important. But it's taken uh, a church that come alongside me for me to grow as a missionary follower of Christ and continue to grow as a missionary follower of Christ. And it takes a mom and a dad, parents, friends, and mentors uh, to help me grow as a missionary follower of Christ. Today, Heath and I are going to honor our mother uh, in a way by just, uh, uh, by just kind of demonstrating uh, how that she and my dad uh, helped uh, lay the foundation for us uh, to be more and more and more like Jesus. And uh, we want to take time to do that today and just honor her uh, by preaching together. Now, uh, we're going to try to do something that we never did as growing up, and that is to have unity in our preaching or our moments. And, uh, uh, and, and, and the truth is, the truth is I, I'm always a little intimidated by Heath. Uh, some might say, you know, Heath is a, a, a professor of Old Testament and hermeneutics at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, which means he's a really smart dude. Uh, he's also in charge of the Ph.D. studies uh, at, uh, at Southeastern Seminary. And, and certainly that, the brain wattage that he has is certainly intimidating. But I've got to tell you, that doesn't bug me one bit. It's his hair. <laughs> his hair is the most intimidating feature to me. I don't envy it, but I do wish that God would strike him bald at times. And... <laughs> I know that's wrong, and we're going to learn how to get over those type feelings uh, today. Uh, but uh, what a joy it is for us to gather together. You know, today we're going to look at something that is so essential for us. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 18, Solomon, that's not our text today. Don't turn there. Uh, Prover, but you can turn to Proverbs because we're going to be in Proverbs. But Proverbs chapter 3, verse 18, uh, Solomon is writing, and he says, Wisdom is a tree of life to everyone who takes hold of her. And we need to eat from this tree of life called wisdom. And uh, it is so important for us. Uh, today, it's our prayer that you and I might join together in eating a feast from the tree of life. And uh, so uh, I want you all to help me uh, welcome Dr. Heath Thomas to help us walk through this journey together. All right. Well, thanks, Eric. I'm glad to know I intimidate you on the right things. This is great. It is a joy to be with you today. <laughs> Except wait, for wait. Can I just say this? Uh, so we were uh, getting ready this morning, and and I get on Sundays I get ready in the office, and Heath came, and and we were getting ready, and and I go in the bathroom, and there's this little jar of stuff, and I said, "What in the world is this?" It's gel. Gel for what? For your hair, something you've never used or never exactly. needed for quite some time. That's exactly so. what it, you, and you wonder why I'm intimidated. <laughs> well, this is going to be fun. I can tell already. I get, you know, this is almost like free reign. So this is great. 
We are going to be looking at wisdom together from the book of Proverbs. And you know, the book of Proverbs is written by Solomon. Uh, a, a large part, portion of it is, is uh, he's compiled this uh, wisdom from the ages. And it's talking about, it's a book about wisdom. It's an uh, extraordinary book in so many ways. But one of the things that we find is that, uh, that Solomon uh, describes wisdom in all of its detail. And there's a lot to wisdom. One scholar has called wisdom a totality concept because if you're talking about wisdom, you're talking about almost anything in life. So one of my favorite things to do is to, uh, we do this in our own home, is, is to kind of do a self-assessment. It seems like we do this a lot. So my wife and my four kids are here with me. Uh, and they're sitting right over there. And so our life is, we have uh, ages 10 to 3, so we never sleep. And it's always uh, crisis management, it seems like. So I like to do this inventory of, let's do a little inventory of your life, okay? And think about this, all right? Just a little inventory. Think about your home life, Right? Think about the major stressors in your home. We might be talking about mortgage or rent. We might be talking about bills, right? What is the major stressor in your home life? What about your relationships? It might be family relationships. It might be extended family relationships. It might be friends or acquaintances. Lulu the dog. Lulu the dog. Things are out of, or Bella the cat, as the case might be, in Eric's house. Where things are out of joint. And let's be honest, those dogs and those cats do not like Eric, I'm sure. True. It's true. What about those relationships that are causing friction or or consternation or maybe uh, keeping you up late at night? What about work? What are those issues and those stresses at work that leave you just really frazzled? I mean, we all have issues in our lives that just lead to confusion. It seems like oftentimes life is like that Rubik's Cube that you just can't get solved. You know, I want to encourage us today because wisdom, God's wisdom, addresses each of those things. Not in the same way, but God has something to say to each of those. So after you've done your inventory and you have those two or three things... I want to offer you a word of encouragement. God has a word for you today. God has a word. Moms, with those kids, God has a word. In your home life, in your work life, God has a word for you. So we want to incline our ears so that we can hear what God has to say in His wisdom. And we learn it from the book of Proverbs chapter 1. So read with me Proverbs 1, 1 to 9, beginning in verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake 
the teaching or the law or uh, in some translation you might say instruction, but it's the word in Hebrew, Torah, like the law of Moses, the Torah of Moses. It's the Torah of your mother. And listen to how these words of the Father or the instruction, the discipline of the Father, and the teachings of the mother are described in verse 9. They shall be an ornament of grace around your head and chains or a necklace around your neck. Today we're going to learn about wisdom. We're going to learn about eating from the tree of life so that that life comes in us and it nourishes us that we might relate well to God, to others, and to our world. And Eric's going to talk a little bit more about this. You know, the the truth is we all want counsel. We want someone to give us instruction, somebody to help us through the maze and the miseries of life. And we all have those mazes and miseries. All of us have those question marks that we need answered. Um, and, and so we go to people to help us find those answers. I, I know that uh, so many times in my life, in my growing up years, uh, my mother uh, offered those answers. Whether I was asking the question or not, she would offer those answers. <laughs> and she still does, by the way. Uh, but that's, that's what mamas do. And so she would offer these answers to, to questions that, and sometimes I don't, even, I, I don't even know what the questions were, but she would provide these answers. And she became one of those sources that I go to. My dad, call him today and I ask him questions about, about life and about different details of my life and, 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 and can you help me? And, and that's one of the values that we have, that, that, that we have people in our life that perhaps can help us gain this wisdom that will give us the very best in life. And see, today as followers of Christ, the good news for us is that this wisdom is available. This, this wisdom that we need for the best of life is available for us today. This wisdom that we need for the very best in life is available for us today. It's something that God has made available. It's something that he has opened the door through his word. And as followers of Christ, he says, now now you are part of my family and I'm making my wisdom accessible to you. Today, you can get hold of wisdom that will lead you to the very best in life. Now, before we go down that road too far, let, let me just start by defining wisdom. Wisdom is uh, living our life God's way. That's the very first thing we need to understand. When we look at wisdom, we're looking at living life God's way. Now, here's why most of us miss this wisdom that gives us the best in life. The reason most of us miss God's wisdom is because we're so busy latching on to our own wisdom. See, most of us in this room at different times, all of us at some point in time, were so arrogant to think that the thoughts that we were thinking were the very thoughts of God. That somehow, if I had an opinion, that must be equal to God's opinion. Or if I had a desire, then that somehow had to equate to God's desire. See, we start, uh, many of us and all of us at different times, we have started with where we are, and then we say, now God, you get on our playing ground. But you see, that's not wisdom. That's pride. Wisdom... Is where we start where God is and say, God, I want to know your point of view. I want to know what you have to say. And then I adjust my life to fit what he says. 
Remember our core values. We exist to glorify God, and, and, and that's where Jesus set the example in John 17, verses 1 through 5. And then the second core was we, we find our greatest pleasure in God's pleasure. And we saw this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. We make it our aim, therefore, to be well-pleasing to him. For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, give it a, a, an accounting for the things we've done in the body, whether good or bad. So, so we make it our aim to be well-pleasing to him. See, here's where we get in trouble. The reason we don't latch on to God's wisdom that gives us the best life is because we start with this question. What makes me happy? But that's not where we need to start. That, at all. The question is not what makes me happy. The question is, what makes God happy? Today, we need to adjust our, our, our thought process. As followers of Christ, we live to make God smile. And that means that, that we need to ask the question, God, what is it that you want so I can adjust my life to fit it? Now, part of the problem with that is some of us are sitting here and we say, well, why should I do that? It doesn't make sense to me. Why should I adjust my life to fit what God wants? Well, the answer to that question is because God's wisdom is something that we all need. In fact, God's wisdom gives us blessings that we're looking for. We all want the blessings. We all need the blessings that God's wisdom alone can provide. We see that in verses 2 through 6, and uh, Dr. Thomas is going to come and share with us more about verses 2 through 6. How did I do? Did I do yeah, all right? That was all right. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> building on what Eric has said, uh, you know, it is true. Wisdom is basically getting on God's agenda. Now, some of us know what that is like because we've come here this morning and we think, yes, I'll get on God's agenda and I'll do that with how I live my life on Sunday morning, or maybe what I read first thing in the morning. But then, and you know, for many of us, when we close the door to the church or close the Bible when we go out in the morning, that's the last we have of God. He has no more say on our lives. Find God's, it's, it's, it's okay if God says something to me in church, but certainly don't have any impact on my home life. Don't say who I date and don't date. God, that's not your business. Your business is on Sunday morning. Don't mess with my taxes. How I spend my money is my own business. But you know, that might be our perspective, but that's not God's perspective. We all need what God provides in wisdom because God provides wisdom in all all of life. In other words, there's not not even one square inch over the whole of God's good creation that he doesn't say, mine. Now think about that for a minute. And just measure your life against that all-encompassing demand. There's not one square inch over the whole of God's good creation, your life and mine, where God doesn't say, mine. Now, that might seem like a threat to us, but in actuality, that's a blessing. Yes. That's a blessing. Let me tell you why. There's two things that we see in verse 2 that are crucial. So look at verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. Look at that word wisdom. Wisdom. 
It's good to get God's perspective, which is wisdom, because God's wisdom leads to life. Did you know in Proverbs chapter 1 all the way to Proverbs chapter 9, there is a woman who makes her call, and she is Lady Wisdom. Solomon describes her as wisdom. In Proverbs 8, she's making her call. Proverbs 9, she makes her call. And she calls out to all the people in the streets and says, people who lack sense, listen to me. People who are inexperienced, listen to me and gain wisdom. In fact, she says, come to my house. I have a meal set for you. Dine and feast on the food that I've prepared. From Proverbs 8, we discovered that this wisdom is given by God. God created wisdom at the beginning, at the foundation of the world. The meal that wisdom presents us is meal that gives us nourishment and life for thriving and productivity and good things. In other words, if you want life, you want wisdom. And she makes her call. Doesn't that sound good? But you know what? In these same passages of Scripture, the Bible's just, it's, it's amazing because it diagnoses exactly where we are. Wisdom is making her call everywhere. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, we hear it because it's in our world today. God is screaming at us, saying, my wisdom is available to you. It gives you life. But there's another call as well. And she makes her call in the streets and in the squares. Scholars call her Lady Folly. And she says, come, come, you simple ones. Come, come to my house. I've got a meal set for you too. I've got a meal set for you. It's fine things. Come to my house. Let's drink of love. Come, come, come to my house. But the Bible diagnoses where her house leads us. Not to life. The Bible says that her way is the way to death. See, here's the reality. God's perspective is a blessing. Right now, it might seem like a threat. Like, I don't want God in all my business, but here's the reality. We need God's perspective on all of our life because His way leads to life. Our way, when we respond and listen to what Lady Folly cries out, what does that lead to? It leads to death. We have a good friend who has accepted Christ not but about a year and a half ago. And he and I were on a run just the other night, and we were talking about his experience and salvation and coming to know Christ and the change that has wrought in his family, in his children, and his wife, and his relationship inside himself. And he said, I couldn't help but sharing with one of my friends. I said, really, tell me about that. He goes, well, all I have to say is I was on a dead-end street before, but now that I know God's perspective on everything, I can't help but shut up. I mean, it's not shut up. I can't stop. God is absolutely rocking my world. It's amazing. And it's true. His life has turned 180 degrees. Why? He's beginning to get God's perspective on life. And it's, it's leading to good things. Here's the reality. We all need what God's wisdom provides. We need God's perspective. It leads to life. If we choose our own perspective, it leads to death. It's as simple as that. But matched with that, what we understand, we get God's perspective. Wisdom is God's perspective. Look at that next word, instruction. You see that word instruction? In the Hebrew, that, that sounds kind of like, doesn't it? It sounds like uh, words and 
a lesson plan and things like that. But actually, the language is a little bit more particular. Instruction doesn't mean just learning. It means discipline. Discipline. So, what wisdom gives us is God's perspective, which leads to life. But guess what else? It leads us to course correction when we get off track. God's wisdom gives us a course correction when we get off track. Think about this. How many of you can honestly say, I'm good, I've never been off track? Well, no, none of us can, right? (laughs) Definitely not him. I've I've come pretty close, and and I did want to just share one little story about course corrections that Heath had to go through. And uh, being... This is going to be good. Thank you, uh, David. That wasn't my best side, but I appreciate you taking that picture of me. Uh, Now, uh, you know, Heath and I grew up in the same house, and I was his older brother, but Heath got in trouble a lot. And and I didn't. And (laughs) let me just say, I've learned from the best. So there was this one moment, there was this one moment uh, when uh, Edie and I, we were dating, I think. And we were visiting in Oklahoma. We hadn't gotten married yet, have we, baby? So we were visiting in Oklahoma, uh, and um, Heath uh, had determined that he was going to go out and uh, wrap somebody's yard or TP somebody's yard. And so he made the plan, and, and he went out, and he wrapped somebody's yard. And, and again, if I would have been any worse of a brother, I would have been able to teach him, you use all the toilet paper, you don't bring any evidence back to the house. But because I never My did anything like that... children sitting children close your ears. <clears throat> because I never did anything like that, Heath, Heath brought the evidence back and put it in the garage. Didn't even hide it. I mean, come on, man. Hide the stuff. I'm not good so, at these things. So mom found the evidence, and Heath got into trouble because of that. And again, Edie and I were there, and we, you know, mom knew that she had to bring correction to Heath's life, and so she called dad and, <laughs> and told dad that he needed to bring correction into Heath's life. And, and Edie, here, I'm dating her, I'm trying to impress her, and we're sitting in the, uh, in, in the den or wherever it was, and Heath is outside in the garage receiving the rod of instruction from my dad. That's right. Musar. That's okay, the Hebrew. The Hebrew word for instruction. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think I try a, to help. A wonderful know. illustration of what I'm trying to describe. The, the, the language here is instruction. Okay? It's actually discipline. Now, discipline, it wasn't pleasant then. It might not seem pleasant to, uh, uh, to us now. But you know, just a couple of chapters later, do you know what Solomon says? The Lord loves those he disciplines as a father loves a child. Did you know that? Discipline is necessary, okay? What wisdom does for us, God uses wisdom to course correct us. Where we're off track, we need to get set back on track. Because God loves us enough to say what you're doing is leading down the path of death. Ladies and gentlemen, some of us today are experiencing the discipline of the Lord. And my encouragement to you, as the writer of Hebrews said, is listen, don't despise the Lord's discipline. It's a good thing. It's a course correction. 
It's developing wisdom, God's wisdom in us. This is what God is doing. So if you look at verse 2, what you see is you see wisdom and instruction. This is what we need. God's wisdom provides His perspective, but it also provides course correction. These are good things. But keep going down. Look at what else God's wisdom provides. God's wisdom provides the, the right and the best course. If you look at verse 2, the last little phrase, the words of understanding, okay? The words of understanding, uh, it helps you to perceive the words of understanding. That phrase is very interesting, perceive the words of understanding. In, in the Hebrew, actually, uh, perceive and words of understanding are the same root word. Another way of describing this concept is to use the word insight, an insight, you see into something. You see through something. And I, I tried to figure out a way to describe this. And the best way that I could do it is to describe the difference a, a lot of times between what my wife does in helping our children and training our children, what I do. Our children say, I'm going to do this. And I say, no, you're not going to do that. Right? Boom. End of conversation. Now, what Jill does in many cases, is a lot better. With a mother's touch, this is what she says. She says, okay, you're going to do that. What's that going to lead to? What's next? And our children, I don't know what's next. This is just what I want to do, right? But what Jill will do is she will walk them through the next three or four steps that happen right after the decision is made. Well, if you do this, then this is what happens next. And if you do this, this is what happens next. And, this, and the question is, well, how do you know? And the reason that Jill knows is because she's walked down those roads before. We all have. And she knows what's 5, 10, 15, 18 steps beyond that initial decision. You know what that is? That's insight. It's insight. It's like seeing the invisible. You don't know what to do, so you ask God to give you insight to perceive words of understanding. Things that you can't understand, you ask God, God, help me see the invisible. Because I can't get my head around this. I don't know what's around the corner. What Solomon is saying is, God is giving you the ability to have that insight. It comes from God's wisdom. We need insight, and insight is what God's wisdom can provide us. It helps us to see the right course and the best course. So we can get God's point of view from wisdom, right? We can get some course corrections, which we all need from God's wisdom. We can see the right and best course. But then listen to this. If you look at verse 3, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Justice, judgment, and equity. Do you know what all those three, three words have in common? Justice, judgment, and equity, they all happen in groups. It's, it's not like you have just a just person that's not related to a community. Justice, judgment, equity. Those three things happen in groups. You know what God's wisdom does for us? It gives us the keys to relate together in healthy rather than hurtful ways. Let me say that again. God's wisdom gives us the ability, the keys, to relate together in healthy rather than hurtful ways. 
Justice, good judgment, equity. Those are what God desires in communities, in groups of people. Let's talk about some of the groups of people God, God wants to see that happen. Number one, he wants to see that happen in your home and in my home. Good judgment rather than a family that just flies off the handle. Good judgment rather than a family that, that lacks discretion and discernment. Justice. A family that is able to know what is right in terms of action, but also in terms of discipline. That's judgment. There's nothing worse than injustice in the home. You feel wronged. You have been wronged. What God says is, I want to speak my words of wisdom into your home. Justice, judgment, and equity. And I think about equity. You know, equity is pretty interesting. Equity says, look, we don't play favorites. We don't play favorites. We're all part of God's family in this home. We all have a different personality. We're not all the same. But we're going to treat each other with equity and not play favorites. Thing for my mom. See, my mom <laughs> did have a favorite, and, and it still wasn't does. me. It was me. Oh yeah. Okay. And so you know, we're not talking about perfection no. in motherhood. You know, mom was a good mother, it, but it's hard for her not to have me as a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a, a fair question to ask, isn't it? If we're talking about justice, good judgment, and equity, does that characterize your home and mine? Let's move outward from just the home. Let's talk about your neighborhood, your apartment complex, your dorm. Does that look like a community of justice, good judgment, and equity? Did you know that God wants to speak wisdom into that social setting as well? What about your workplace? God desires that your workplace is a a place of, of justice, right dealing good things, fairness. That's his desire. That's the way that he's made work. What happens, though, is A, we don't know what to do, or we B, know what to do, and we don't do it. We do something else. God's wisdom wants to provide a different word. It wants to provide justice, good judgment, and equity. Okay? And then, you know, neighborhoods, workplace, all these spheres where we relate to others— God can provide the good things that we need there, okay? So, God's wisdom provides us keys to relate together in healthy, not hurtful ways. And then finally, I just want to talk about these next couple of verses. When you look at verses 4 and 5, in verse 4, you have this focus on the young, the naive, the youth. But then in verse 5, you have the elder statesman, someone who's been walking with the Lord for a little while longer, They know the ways of God. They have a sense of wisdom. What Solomon is saying is whether you're young in verse 4 or whether you're older and more mature in verse 5, here's the reality. God's wisdom helps you to gain maturity at whatever age or stage. You never escape God's call for wisdom. We can always be learners. We can always mature. If we look at verse 4, you know, To give uh, subtlety to the simple, a young man knowledge and discretion. Interestingly enough, in our world today, the young think that they know it all. I don't think it's true just of our day. I think it's always been true. But what the young need is discretion 
and good judgment. And here's the reality. God's wisdom provides that. If you're gullible or naive, this is uh, two of the words that, God, that the book of Proverbs uses for youth, gullible or naive, God gives you the ability in His wisdom to make you mature and discerning. That's what God wants to provide. Or whether you're more mature in your faith, God wants to grow you and deepen you in your faith. In verse 5, it says it this way, a wise man will hear God's wisdom and increase in learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. In other words, you're going to grow in your discernment. You're going to grow in your wisdom. This is what God can do. So how does that happen? Let me just break it down for you in a couple of ways. Number one, God does it through himself. The scripture says abundantly clearly, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. So are you lacking wisdom? Ask of God. How does God reveal himself? Secondly, in his word. Sometimes we don't know God's wisdom because we don't read his word. And I know this sounds so simple, but it's profound. God's word is a lamp that guides our steps. If we don't have the lamp, we're walking in darkness. So how does God increase our our wisdom? How does God open the door to wisdom to us? Here it is, himself in his word. And then thirdly, in his church. You have godly men and women in this church, mothers, especially you. Today we want to honor you, you who are training up your children in the way that they should go to follow the Lord. Listen, you are a vehicle. Eric's going to talk about this in just a minute. You are a key vehicle to present God's wisdom to your family, to your friends, to your associates, to your children. So seize the moment. Go to God. Go to His Word. Invest in the life of the church because it's here in this place where God opens His wisdom to us. What God's wisdom does, and this is verse 6, it helps us untangle the mysteries of life. I want you to think about some of these things that occur in life that just seem like a, a, an unsolvable riddle. It's the proverbial Gordian knot that can't be untangled. If you look at, uh, at verse 6, to understand a proverb and the interpretation, it's not just the proverb that we're supposed to know. What God's wisdom does is it gives us the interpretation to see the unseeable, to solve the unsolvable. For those puzzles that seem unsolvable, God gives us the missing piece. This is God's wisdom, and this is what God's wisdom does for us. So God graces us to know how to respond in situations that are mysterious. Wisdom gives us God's options to deal with the uh, puzzles that we face and know which path to take. So listen, when we look at God and His wisdom... God gives what we need, so take advantage of it, okay? And Eric's going to talk about the foundation of wisdom and then uh, a little bit more about the uh, place of wisdom. So Proverbs 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That really is the key. You see, if you and I are going to take hold of the life that God intended us to have, if we're going to experience the life that God created for us through Christ, then we must 
take hold of this wisdom. And this wisdom can only be grabbed when we fear the Lord. See, wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is simply this, where I am saturated with absolute surrender to the living God. I I think that this is why most of us don't grab hold of wisdom, is that we refuse to submit and surrender ourselves to what God says in his word, what God reveals through his word and through his church of how we should live. Some of us have been living so long in our own prideful rebellion that, and, and we're, we, we end up in those dumb places. You know, one of my favorite expressions is, boy, that was as dumb as mud. Now, I like that because mud is pretty dumb, right? I guess, you know, maybe it's smart. I don't know, but it seems like a good expression. It's just dumb as mud. That's what happens to us when we decide that we're going to live life based upon what we see, what we think, what we know, rather than adjusting our life to fit what God says. The fear of the Lord is to submit ourselves fully and completely to Him. So here's the big question. Have you submitted yourself to the will of God, to the word of God, to the ways of God. If you haven't, then then you're going to end up in that dumb as mud spot. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Are we depending upon God to show us how to live, or are we depending upon us convincing God to get in line with what we want? Today we need to saturate our souls with surrender to the living Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where our families come along. Uh, verses 8 and 9 tell us that, that God has, has uh, established the family as the first tool to pass on wisdom. He says, don't despise your father's instruction. Don't forsake your mother's teaching. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, listen, your moms and dads, they are the first tool that God establishes to pass on this wisdom of living life God's way, of adjusting our life to fit God's plan. So moms, you don't have to be perfect. But we, moms and dads, we have to model and mentor our children. In this wisdom, we need to model it. We need to receive the wisdom. We need to show our children that we are submitted to the uh, to the will of God. That we live in the fear of the Lord. That we want to live by the wisdom that He offers. We want to model this. We don't want to be prideful people and teach our children that's the way to go. Or, uh, you know, we can't complain when our children are prideful themselves. You know, we need to teach our children submission and surrender to the will of God. Because we want our children to experience all the blessings and the benefits that life lived God's way provides. We need to model it. And then we need to teach our children. Uh, One of the things that Heath has shared is um, as he was uh, growing up and leaving the house, one of the things that mom would always do, she didn't do this for me. I'm not bitter about it, but she didn't. One of the things that she would do for Heath as he was leaving the house is she would always quote this scripture. 
trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make straight your paths you know what she was doing she was mentoring Heath and she did the same for me in different passages of scripture in different ways she would mentor me and 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 Heath and and all of us in in living a life surrendered to the will and the way and the heart and the mind of God If we will receive wisdom, and if we will pass that wisdom on, then from generation to generation, we will feast on the tree of life that God provides his people. So today, I want to encourage you. First of all, honor those who are passing on God's wisdom to your life. Honor them. And secondly, perhaps most importantly, today, adjust your life to fit God's point of view. Adjust your life to fit what God desires. Bend your heart and knee to the will of God today in your relationships, in how you treat people, in how you talk about people. Bend your knee, bend your heart to God at your work here at church at home bend your knee bend your heart to God and surrender fully to what he desires and today we will join together in a wondrous feast